Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin. And this is wonderful. Feeling punk rock this episode. How about you? I could tell you just threw the lid of your water bottle. I on threw the it ground. down to the yeah. I threw it down to the ground. Uh, you know, I felt like in that moment it was kind of the system. And I said, I'd rather not today. And so I put it down. I guess I'm just not feeling up to putting up to any guff from anyone or any entity this evening as I record this show with you. I am starting to wonder if there is a waxing or a waning moon or if there is something in our third house or, you know, you and I, I think, are experiencing a similar um, fog. A fog, if you will. And, you know, we are the same astrological sign. Mercury's in retrograde. Mm-hmm. There's drops of Jupiter Ooh. in her hair. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> and that always gets me down, always gets mm-hmm. me low. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Sometimes, you know, you're on the downswing, but it can only get a go up from here. Boy, it's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day of uh, of uh, three year old check in doctor appointments with uh, with shots and everything, uh, full blown ballistic meltdowns and just a just a cavalcade. A cavalcade. I, you know, of... I like to get that first in the morning appointment, but I waited too long to book it, and mm. so we had to do the like nine forty appointment, which oh, turned yeah, into hate to get shots at nine forty. Me getting to work on it almost noon. <laughs> yeah, but we. Filled our child with the good poison. Yeah. That's going to keep him so safe. True. And uh, yeah, it's worth it, I guess. But do you have any small wonders? I do. I wanted to give a um, a tip of the hat oh. to the new Mike Birbiglia special. Oh, yeah. We yes. watched it last night. It's, the new one. It's literally called The New One. It's on Netflix. And it made me laugh and cry. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it, it's real talk. Real talk stuff, baby stuff mostly, and yeah. it uh, it it reawakened some memories from that first year of childhood. I that think, were I think the ideal viewer um, feels very close to an infant in their life um, because there's a lot of discussion of uh, of infants and being around them and how they impact your life. And yeah, it's a very funny. Very funny take. Funny, but actually funny. Not yeah. funny and like a kid say the darndest things funny. Yeah, not like a... Real adult jokes with cussing and everything. Not like a home improvement, let's say. You watch it. You're on <laughs> thin ice. I'm going to say Trader Joe's broccoli and kale slaw. Boy, it takes me there. Every time we have it, ooh, mm-hmm. it's good. It's a little chopped salad and uh, no scrambled eggs required. Uh, it's got like a sweet dressing on it with little like dried blueberries seed. and some, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, what are, what, are, what are those little guys? Those papitas. What do you call them? Anyway, they're good as hell. <laughs> little crunchums. Love it. Love this salad. I think it might be a pine nut. Might be a, some sort of pine nut. Mm-hmm. No one's quite sure. Trader Nobody Joe knows. himself isn't, doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I'll say Trader Joe's in general. I want to get there. And he, you've done Trader Joe's on this show, I feel like, before. I just want to eat those little chocolate cat cookies. All day and night. Yeah, should I be buying those more than I do? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're going to, now we're going to have an argument about it. (laughs) Now we're going to have a big fight about it, I guess. I thought you were going to say your small wonder was that our anniversary is coming up. No. You're so excited about it. I wasn't going to say that. 
because it's... I would t- I'll talk about it next week if it goes well. Oh, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to like I don't want to hype it up too much. Mm-hmm. You do that to movies all the time, and it you know it, it would make the movie bad. I don't want to do that with our anniversary. Oh, we saw some good movies too. Hell yeah, we did. In fact, I'm going to start my first wonder. Ooh. My first wonder is the mighty voice of Adina Menzel. Ooh. My first wonder. It's a big wonder, and it's Adina Menzel's impossibly powerful throat sounds that she can make it with her really voice. It is really incredible. It's a very, it's a wild voice, and it's wild how much stuff she has done with it. How many like big roles uh, of like women vocalists. In who are characters in movies and plays? Oh, that is she was, her. I forgot she was in Rent. Right? She was Maureen in the original cast of yeah. Rent. Uh, this was in 1996, and that's really where she made like her first big break. If you don't know, uh, she's Elsa, Princess Elsa. She's from Frozen. She does the Frozen. She does the Frozen. She is Elsa, uh, but she's done a lot of other stuff too, including Maureen in Rent. She uh, opened up with the show in 1996 and made a huge splash. Got a Tony nomination uh, for her performances in that one. And uh, was only in it for a year. I think a lot of the like OG cast that kind of like really defined the show were only in it for, uh, well, to varying degrees. But like it was a short run. But that's always the cast that I think of, mostly because also they got a lot of them back in the movie uh, of Rent, which was eh, was so so. Uh, but Adina Mattel was in it, and she did a great job. So that was 96. She started putting out uh, solo albums after that, uh, just doing a ton of stuff. And then she blew up again in 2003. You know what she was in next? I don't. Wicked. She oh. was Alphaba in Wicked. And in 2003, like, I feel like 2003 to 2005, all my theater friends, because this was back in the day, like, I was still doing theater. They were, like, obsessed with Wicked. Yeah. And I feel like the cool thing then, and probably is still now to some extent, uh, is if all of your theater friends like a show, you don't like it because of how oh, yeah. commercial. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, everybody, I don't know. I wanted to be on some hipster bullshit. Like, oh yeah, I guess Wicked is good. But if So you what read, was your theatrical go-to then? I didn't have, I think for me, it was mostly my punk rock music mm-hmm. and, you know, Here. David Mamet, smart mm-hmm. shit, you know, yeah. for mm-hmm. smarties. Mm-hmm. Edward Albee. But then I went and saw... I went and saw Wicked and like an off-Broadway or a, a, a touring production in Cleveland or Columbus, one of those sea cities. I loved it. I had a good time with it. You know, we both saw it, except when I saw it, it was a bootleg DVD that was your purchased dad, off of eBay. Your dad should be in jail. Your dad should go to federal prison for how many bootleg uh, mm-hmm. theatrical. My dad, they should share a cell. They right? should share a cell together. Don't ask um, Griffin's dad or my dad to unzip their coat because inside you'll see just, just a rack of, of, of DVDs. DVDs. Uh, I'm going to play very short clips because I don't want the Disney company to yeah. sue us. I mostly want to highlight just sort of individual notes because she has a great voice. It's very versatile. She can do uh, a more sort of like coquettish, just soft, gentle voice <laughs> and then can also just like fucking come at you with a with a, a fist of a note, just a yeah. just a big uh-huh. swinging haymaker of a note. Uh, there's a note at the end of Defying Gravity, which is sort of the big anthem from Wicked uh, that she hits that just completely floors me uh, in a wild way. I'm going to play just a short bit of that now. She just 
She's got a great voice, but the, these like soaring notes that she just fucking blasts like it is violent in a way. She just sends them packing. And that's the power I'm talking about, the power of her voice. Like it is a very tangible thing. And I can only think of a few singers that are like this uh, where there are, are notes that she sings and there are songs that she sings that like actually give me chills uh, just with the delivery of those songs. Uh, twenty, I think 13 or 2014 is when Frozen came out. Obviously Let It Go was the biggest song ever. Uh, it won, it won an Oscar, it won a Grammy and it was nominated for a Golden Globe. Uh, so, you know, I think she has the, probably the, one of the most famous singing voices on the planet just for Let It Go Alone. That's also when we got the Adele Dazeem era, Choppy Waters, they squashed the beef <laughs> though. Um, I didn't realize in the following Oscars they presented together and she referred to him as Glomgazingo. That's fun. They have fun with <laughs> it, see? Uh, so Frozen 2, Rachel and I just saw in theaters. I thought the music was even better. Like yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, and I missed some of the movie because of uh, we went with Henry and there were some interruptions, let's say, that uh, made me miss some key plot points. But the songs were so good. Uh, and again, I'm only going to play about four seconds of Into the Unknown now because there's a note she hits that's just like, what? Into the Do you know do you know what portamento is? You did some band stuff. Yeah, but I don't know that. Uh, it's like uh, when notes glide together, it is like the quality of the glide between oh. notes. She hits that uh, a lot, like in her singing voice, but it, when she does Into the Unknown, like it's all over that song, and especially in the chorus, which is essentially like, you know, three long notes, uh, where she goes, Into the Unknown, like that, that glide <laughs> up into it is like, yeah. it sounds like she's just launching <laughs> that shit at you, like from a trebuchet. Like it is, why it's so good. I don't have anything erudite to add about Adina Menzel's like incredible voice but I think it's very unique Mm -hmm. I love a good singer like I talk about that on this show all the time but there is this is a different it's a different metric I feel like like if it feels more than most people singing it feels like she has a superpower yeah you know like a lot of people are talented singers and you hear them and you think oh that's somebody who has really honed their craft she seems like maybe she was born with this gift that also could overturn a car yeah it's like the it's like the opera singer singing loud enough to shatter a glass thing yeah, but instead yeah. of that it just makes me go like kind of like whoa <laughs> literally, literally ooh, whoa yeah that was weird that's interesting yeah. uh i apologize for even singing two notes of into the unknown just now i can't do it it's way out of my register let me work on it though i'm going to classes mm. you know polishing the instrument we should mention a while back i had a conversation with griffin where i asked him if he thought if somebody that was less talented could go to enough vocal classes that they would become a superstar yeah because i i thought is this really something that you can you know gladwell through and become an expert and griffin indicated that he thought it, it some people just were born with exceptional talent and other people would have to, you know, never get there. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I am not trying to go fucking, I'm not, I'm not trying to have, make an Ayn Rand stand here on, on just, our podcast you know, together. 
And so some people have super great pipes and maybe like... I'm thinking about the throat meat. Specific, like oh, okay. I was born with a certain kind of throat meat. Yeah. That gives... Because it gives you a certain quality, right? Like uh, I we are talking so far out of our asses <laughs> right now. But like uh, if she... If she's like a... What? Like an alto... Uh, then can you be a soprano also? Like yeah, if I have a deep point. baritone voice, like good then my, I don't know that I could train myself up to a tenor voice. I feel like you're talking about a certain physiological element. I guess what point. I'm asking is if I start taking vocal lessons, could mm. I be really, really good? Yeah, baby. Of course you could. You have a beautiful voice already. It's mellifluous. I'm, I'm just terrified, I think, that I would do it for a long time and I would never get anywhere. Well, I mean, that's why you go on American Idol. You go on The Voice and you find out if you've made it okay that's why people go on those shows is to find out whether the investment of time that they put in their right? entire like, I'm lives thinking about taking voice lessons let me see if i have to yes mm-hmm. exactly go mm-hmm. on that's a good point go on now to get a baseline <laughs> and then it'll be so inspiring when like you know six or seven years later you come back on and they're like i remember this punk go ahead and give us give us that that stink voice and you blast <laughs> them with some menzel shit hey what's your first thing my first thing is birth control. Hey. Yes. All right. I'm not going to get real detailed here. I just, I like, uh, I like that it exists. Yeah, it's great stuff. I feel like it gave people a lot of freedom um, in their lives and it gave a lot of recognition to the idea of sex for pleasure. And yep. I think it deserves to be a wonderful thing. Are you, are you talking about pills in particular? You're talking about just no, sort of I'm contraception. Just contraception. Hell yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because everything. I mean, like any drug or any you know, like medical method, there are side effects and yeah. pitfalls. And so I'm not going to say like this is the one, guys. Like if you're going to protect yourself, this is the right. guy. Like yeah. I'm not here to do that. Yeah. Um. This is something that I started taking in college, and I thought it was the most magical, wonderful thing ever. <laughs> Uh, because at the time, not only did it help protect me from becoming pregnant, but it also cleared up my skin. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is wild. But that's not like a super uncommon thing, right? No. There's like hormonal reasons why yeah. it, it does the shit it does. Yeah. Levels yeah. you right out, you know? Yeah. Um, you, yeah need but a nice, I, you need a nice indica birth control pill to just bring, <laughs> give you a nice head high. And really, I can't start my day without... <laughs> That would be really incredible if there were dispensaries. Just edibles that also <laughs> didn't, they kept you from getting pregnant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. God, um, I sound like total fucking old cops. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to start with a condom. Okay. Um, because condoms have been around since 3000 BC. That makes sense that dudes would be like, me first. <laughs> Do mine first. Condoms made from such materials as fish bladders, linen sheaths, and animal intestines were around in 3000 BC. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, hey, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's fucking gross. <laughs> I know, I know. I like thinking, though, like, let's say somebody's sitting there and they're they're cutting apart, you know, a creature, and yeah. they're looking and they're pulling out the stuff they don't want to eat, and then they think, hey, wait a minute. Mm. Do you think it started with, I can put that <laughs> on my dick, and then... It'll catch all the stuff, and so I, I won't get them pregnant. Or do you think it started with like I'm going to put my dick in that, <laughs> and then like the hundredth time they did it, they were like, "Hey, I actually have a good idea for." Or somebody caught them, and they're like, "Hey, um, what you're doing right now is uh, awful." And they're like, "Like, oh, I'm a scientist." Like, yes, excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? 
<laughs> I'm having sex with this sheep's stomach for science. Thank you. Um, so they didn't, you didn't see condoms made out of rubber, uh, until 1838. Before that, you could see like linen sheets and, and animals not... and, and yeah, it was. Let me know the effectiveness rate of your linen sheet condom. <laughs> Cause I bet it's. Well, so in 1500, they identified the first spermicides and would soak the oh. linen sheets in the spermicide and Awful. let it dry. Oh, even worse. <laughs> Good. It's getting worse. And then worse. put that that stiff, you know, cordwood stuff like yeah. material. Wrap it around your member. Yeah. And then have sex. I guess. Here is something I didn't know about until I was doing research. Were you familiar with the Comstock Act? Mm, oh God, that sounds familiar, but Doesn't it might it? just be a, because it sounds like a Bioshock thing. <laughs> In 1873, this act was passed in the United States and it prohibited advertisements, information, and distribution of birth control and allowing the Postal Service to confiscate birth control sold through the mail. What? Right? That's bad. Isn't that doesn't that seem like it should be Terrible anything. and crazy? Yes. I didn't do a lot of research on kind of how this movement started, but obviously it was kind of a huge setback for the advancement there for a little while. What, that the post office could be like, nope? Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> Well, and a... also that you couldn't even advertise or distribute information. Yeah. How like, do you get it? How did you get it? I guess you got to know a guy. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, so 1916 is where you saw the first birth control clinic in the United States. Uh, this was Margaret Sanger, not a great lady. Yeah. Her reasons behind birth control were not ideal. She was on some eugenic shit, yes? Yes. Not ideal, I think we can all agree. Yes. Uh, she, though, uh, did kind of blaze a trail um, because she was challenging, um, you know, the opposition against this. And so she went to jail a few times. Uh, and then finally in 1938, uh, in a case involving her, a judge lifted the federal ban on birth control. In 19... Sorry? 1938. That's not that long ago, it mm -hmm. feels like. Well, you want to know something even crazier. What's that? So it wasn't until 1972 that the Supreme Court legalized birth control for all citizens of the country. What Was it a state-by-state -state thing at that point? Yeah, so it was kind of a weird thing. This is what I didn't realize. Uh in 1965, the Supreme Court gave married couples the right to use birth control. Oh, fuck off. Ruling that it was protected in the Constitution as a right to privacy. But only for marrieds? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Millions of unmarried women in 26 states were still denied birth control. That sucks so I, I'm bad. I'm guessing that was probably the only way they could get it through, right? Was that like this idea that we don't want to encourage you to have sex, but I guess if you're married then you, sh you should be able to. So maybe we can say it's all right for you not to get pregnant. I don't oh know. It's, it's a really strange, Wouldn't it want to be, terrible oh, sorry, reasoning. government from 1965, wouldn't you want it to be the other way around where the people who- I know, you think so, right? Right? <laughs> Isn't that kind of like your whole fucking setup I in your it's, brain? it's still this idea that like, maybe if we pretend that people don't want to have sex, they won't have sex. And so if we make it seem like it's remotely okay, then it's us saying it's okay. And we don't want to be the people to say it's okay. It's wild. If they had allowed advertisements back when it was this, you know, 
spermicide soaked cardboard material that you wrapped around your penis i think that this whole movement would have died on the vine but instead they had to make it this exotic thing also we haven't we haven't really talked about stis but obviously this is yeah dude yeah condoms in particular are like a huge uh windfall for avoiding yes absolutely one more thing i'll say about margaret sanger in 1950 while she was in her 80s she underwrote the research necessary to create the first human birth control pill. Okay. And so in 1960, that was when the first pill was approved by the uh, FDA as contraception. So that's another kind of huge, sure. huge step for the movement. And that's, you know, kind of where I come into the picture. 1963, <laughs> Detective Rachel McElroy. I leaped... Yes. Is what I did. Yeah. Ultimately. Sure. I mean, a little bit outside of your own timeline, but Mm -hmm. I'll allow it. Mm -hmm. Well, my guide, it was within my guide's timeline. Oh, Mm -hmm. and your guide was? Val. Val. Mm -hmm. She was kind of a spicy broad. Yeah. Uh, But she was, she was born in the fifties. So I was able to leap because there was a lightning strike. And then I was able to leap in her. Hey, do you have a spec script somewhere <laughs> sitting around for Quantum Leap, the new class? You know, I just think they should bring it back. And I think they should put some women in some roles. Yeah. Spice it up, modernize it. It's a long overdue. The world's ready. Uh, that's, I mean, that's all. There's all sorts of touch points, obviously different evolutions of the types of birth control. Uh, I... I have always been very grateful for it. I think it's an incredible thing. I think it has so many benefits beyond just preventing people from pregnancy uh, that I I think it's very important. And um, I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to talk about because mm-hmm. uh, it's a good thing in general. And the fact that there's any sort of contention about that at all in any sector is hey hey prudes people are gonna. People are going to do it. People are going to have sex. Can't stop them. Can't stop me. I bone every night. I am such a... (laughs) I'm doing it every night. I'm getting so just wild up in here. You can't tell me to put that tiger back in the cave? No. Or the cage? Or the I keep the cage in the cave? Uh Uh-huh. This is a secret tiger, but when I let... Tell him, babe, when I let it out, when the tiger come out... Kitty likes to scratch. Kitty likes to scratch. Better hide them steaks. <laughs> I'm gonna smash in the window to the steaks shop every night, uh-huh. all night long. Uh-huh. Tell them, yeah. Um, That's the noise I like to make. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. they know. Uh-huh. Can I steal you away? Yes. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. 
with I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain can I read this first personal message? Yes. It is for Ryan. It is from Alex. Hey, honey, by the time you hear this, we will be married. My wife. Oh, you really needed to take a running start at that one. <laughs> uh, you want to try again? I don't want people to get upset. <laughs> My wife. You said it the exact way that you just said it. <laughs> I've never been so heartbroken. <laughs> Do you want to? No. Okay. Well, this is a change of pace. 32-year-old. I'll have finished my, okay, let me just, you know what? Let me just start over. Hey, honey, by the time you hear this, we will be married. My wife, I'll (gasps) have finished my master's and who knows what other crazy things we'll have gotten up to. Remember that the most wonderful thing in my life is you. I love you. I like you. And I can't wait to listen to this with you. Signed your pickle sweet potato muffin pancake. (laughs) I just had an extremely powerful thought and I need everybody to do it in their brains. Okay. And I may need to, we may need to take a little break after just what I'm about to say, because it's, I'm not going to be able to say or think of anything else. Okay. But what do you think it would sound like if Adina Menzel sang her Borat impression? (laughs) Oh, it would be strong. It would be a strong song. I feel like the word wife would last for three minutes. Yeah. She would slide up into it and then like blast it in like uh, octaves unknown. I see. I've got into the unknown stuck in my head now. Yes. And so I'm thinking of, of wife just hitting my all those. wife. But yeah. good and loud and powerful and strong, but still fucking funny. 
<laughs> I have a personal message here. This one's for Michael, and it's from Kirsten, who says, My darling Michael, you inspire me every day, and I am so proud of you. Keep working hard to be the best therapist ever. I'm so happy that we are now engaged and can now actively work on our plans for a bright future full of cuddles, academic achievements, and eventual global domination. I love you so much, Mon Chevalier. Chevalier? Chevalier. Chevalier. Really? I don't know. That's what the... That's what the singer, I think Chevalier there was a singer. Named Chevalier? Yeah, I think so. There's a Marx Brothers Every time we it. do the Jumbotrons, we are absolutely the Clampets. <laughs> we interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal, and all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right, that's enough of that. We got this. Do you want to know my second thing? Yes. Holiday inflatables. Big Aww. holiday inflate. This is going to be Don't. our most content- contentious subject to date. Are you going to tell our dark secret? That we bought a holiday inflatable? That's the one. That's not especially dark secret, I it feel like. It feels like it to me. Rachel doesn't love these guys, I think. And I do now. I like, okay, let me let me paint a picture of a tasteful Christmas in my head. I like a white light. Yeah. I like some, maybe some pine needles. I like a red ribbon. Okay. You know, I like a like a classy Christmas. I do too. You know? I do too. And I feel like a big inflatable minion is not that. Well, okay, sure. A big inflatable nude penis would be bad too. <laughs> a big inflatable murder scene would be bad to have in your front yard. I agree, Rachel. Um, but You think our 7-foot tall Mickey is tasteful? More tasteful than the things just listed, including a minion by an enormous <laughs> factor. Yes, I would say okay. so. Uh, I, I have experienced a number of personal changes over the last few years that have made me sort of more enthusiastic about the holiday inflatable zeitgeist. Uh, and the biggest thing is that decorating the outside of a house sucks shit and, uh, it's not decorating inside. We did tree decoration, you know, Black Friday. We got that shit out. We were enthusiastic about the tree Yeah, Griffin basically did it by himself in like 15 minutes. Interior decor, all about it, all about it, all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Climbing on a ladder to strap lights onto some shit. No, no, that part is bad, actually. That part's really, really rough. Trying to wrap those horrible net lights around like a box hedge is a fucking nightmare it sucks so bad also and this is the thing that they they haven't really figured out a solution for is that you'll get all those things out of the box and then you have to put them back in the box when the season is ended and it is impossible i want compostable christmas lights that i can just leave on there until little birds come and turn it into nests or whatever compost (laughs) is uh holiday inflatable no problem you run an extension cord you flip a switch and There it is. Whoop, there it is. I'm also, I'm you, there before the grace of God go you, because I'm about to get into like those like laser snowflake projectors oh. that just go in your, no, no lights required. It's fucking light, baby. We even tried to sneak this in when we went and bought our inflatable. He was like, hey, look at that. Well, Henry would probably like that. And I was like, but it's on the outside of our house. He'd never see it. That's true. That was sneaky. That's true. Uh, it's just, it's so, the appeal of the inflatable is so seductive to me and i will also say 
there is a Pringles effect where we have the one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, 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 no. When you look at our front yard and it's just got the one inflatable, <laughs> that looks ridiculous. You see. Don't you think that looks silly? Just having what kind of house would have no other decorations and just one inflatable? The person who lives in that house is dangerous. It's just because we don't have any lights on our house. That's what it is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We have no lights and just one inflatable. Who's in that house and what are they fucking that planning? Does explain why every person I know that has bought one inflatable somehow now also has five or more. Yes. That's but I what know, I'm, I know, no, I'm not on board well we'll do one a year we'll get one new one a year <laughs> and i think that's what we'll uh i we got it because we wanted a fun afternoon activity with henry we knew he'd be really into it they had a snoopy at his school that he was a big fan of uh we just walk by and boop it every morning he was a big fan and now we have a big seven and a half foot tall mickey friend in the front yard and just having this ever-present guardian this illuminated sentry at our, our front door uh, is very, it makes you feel safe, makes you feel warm, <laughs> also helps get the child out the door every morning because he sees a huge Mickey in the front yard. All of a sudden, he yeah. doesn't want to be in the in the house arguing about which shoes he wants to wear. Now he wants to be out there with the rat and partying with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great thing that I really love is the comedic element of, one, what it looks like when you turn it off. when you turn it off when you turn our mickey off he just very gently passes away into the bushes (laughs) he very he falls backwards perfectly every time and then just kind of dies yeah and it's very gentle and very peaceful and Mm. um kind of sweet but then when the nighttime comes and i turn it back on again he springs up like he is a teenager who was masturbating in his room (laughs) and I walked in on him. He's like, Dad, knock! (laughs) That's really good to me and I think it's funny and I like it a lot (laughs) and I want to have a whole secret garden of inflatables with some of my favorite, Pikachu will be there, Hank Hill, a Hank Hill inflatable. Oh, that's fun. Hank Hill inflatable, but he's like lying down on his belly with his like chin resting on his hands, just kind of like sitting there. And he's also 30 feet long. Well, you do your Hank Hill. I love it so much. Bobby. Oh, God, it's so good. I love it. (laughs) Damn it, Bobby. That wasn't bad. You're really good at it. I'm dialing it in. Anyway, (laughs) I love these guys. No one can change my mind. What's your second thing? My second thing is what everybody's working for. The weekend? It is the weekend. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) I didn't think that that was it. Not the band. I think about that a lot, about what it took to get that weekend. A lot of of, uh, unionization and fighting from labor movements, from what I understand. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of people want to have a two-day work week. And I don't think that's reasonable. Who are these? Who's saying that? A lot of people want a three-day work week, and I don't think so. Oh, okay. Five feels right to me. Okay. Hey, listen to me. Hey, this is Griffin. Four feels right to me. Woo. Now who's your favorite member of the podcast? <laughs> I'm also a staunch supporter of the $15 minimum wage. In fact, I think it should be much, much higher than that. Gosh. Rachel's not always on that boat, are you? Are you going to announce a $6 your candidacy minimum. for president? Anyway, I was waiting for 
for Kamala bunch, to go. Bunch of people to drop out. Once, once the thin beta is Beto out. Beto's out, right? Oh, he's been out. Beto, I needed Beto and Kamala together. They were mm-hmm. enough to topple me, but now it's Castro's just, out. Castro's out. It's just going to be me and Bloomberg fucking duking it out at the top. <laughs> Can I tell you about the history of weekends? Yes. Uh, 1870s Industrial Revolution. People are working 10 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. And when I say people, I mean men, women, and children. Yeah. Rough times. Not great. Uh, here is something I didn't realize. Okay. So getting Sunday off for worship was relatively easy. A lot of employers were like, all right, Sundays, you can have Sunday. Saturday was a struggle, particularly for the Jewish people. Yeah, that's why I was just about to say that's, that's Sabbath. There was kind of a huge immigration, as you might remember, of Jewish people. Uh, and they wanted the Sabbath off on Saturday. Um, and I was reading this article from, uh, it was like a marketplace news story. And they were like, hey, if the Sabbath had been on Wednesday, we might not have a weekend. Because <laughs> a big motivator, <laughs> wow, yeah. a big motivator was, you know, Jewish people didn't want to work on Saturday. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then obviously a lot of labor organizers. Um, this was literal p- police gunning down protesters, men oh, was, being hanged. It was a very violent, rough struggle. It was a nightmare. Yes. They were on some fucking legit Peaky Blinder shit. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, people started the five-day work week kind of in fits and starts around the United States. In 1908, the first five-day work week was instituted by a New England cotton mill. Oh. And this was specifically so Jewish workers would not have to work on the Sabbath. Uh, In 1926, Henry Ford began shutting down his automotive factories for all of Saturday and Sunday. And this is interesting. I didn't think about this at the time because it sounds a little altruistic, like, oh, how nice that he was like taking care of his workers. But then they made the suggestion, this enabled the road trip, like the weekend road trip. Dude's trying to sell cars. How are people going to go out on these long drives in their cars if they don't they have work two days every off? Every waking hour mm-hmm. of the week. Yeah. That was interesting. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Okay. So in 1929, the Amalgamated Clothing Workers of America Union was the first union to demand and receive a five day work week. And then there was kind of a slow build. And then finally in 1940, a provision of a Fair Labor Standards Act mandated a maximum 40 hour work week. And the two-day weekend was adopted nationwide. The Fair Labor Standards Act is kind of incredible because not only does it bring the the weekend, it creates a right to minimum wage and time and a half overtime pay and prohibits employment of minors in oppressive child labor. That's one act? That's one act, dude. That's a huge act. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's wild to me that there are people alive still yes. today who were there when an act God, obviously, this is not the only thing passed in the, in the you know, the lifetime mm-hmm. of people living today that was huge. But, like, that's so much shit that defines, like, everything now. Yeah. Like, the tempo at which we live out our weeks was determined by this act. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people end up working more than 40 hours, you know, and they end up working on the weekend. But people worked real hard to get us the right to a weekend. And that's important, yes. I think. I think that's all I want to say about that. (laughs) Folks, these are two good days. What do you, you know them. You know Saturday, you know Sunday. And I like them both for very specific reasons, I think. I mean, Saturday's obviously fun because you're just, you're getting started, right? Yeah. Maybe you got to sleep in a little bit. 
You know, you got to wear your pajamas a little longer and you're excited about your Saturday night activities. Mm. Sunday's kind of the day where you get your stuff done. You do You do your laundry. Maybe you make sure you have your groceries. You think about your week. You get ready for it. Yeah, I had a I had a different relationship with it. I feel like when uh, you know we were going to church every morning, yeah, uh, because we did Sunday school and uh, you know proper proper service like every Sunday. Uh, and when you sort of have half your day spoken for on a weekend, like it feels like the other half, you're like, well, I may as well, you know, finish reading that book that I need to read for school, or I, I may as well clean my room now. Yeah. I like I like making a big meal on Sunday, you know, oh, that, yeah. that you can have going into your week. Yeah. You know, that's a nice one. And then if you do do something fun, it feels like a little bonus. A like, little hey, bonus. Like, hey, a fun thing on a Sunday. Yeah. And then forget it when you have a long weekend. And you're like, what day is it? And you're like, what day even is it? And then you go back to work and you're like, well, Monday. Uh-huh. Wait, no, it's Tuesday. What? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh. I need a vacation. You say stuff like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Oh, yeah. You say shit like that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, any big Christmas plans? <laughs> uh, uh, coffee maker broke again. Mm-hmm. Also, you're kind of mentioning the flip side of it. But on Fridays, right? Every- oh, everybody's Fridays, like, though. Holy Everybody's shit. like, it's almost the weekend. Yeah. Thursday too, like you're already sliding down, like you're getting momentum on mm-hmm. Thursday. You're like sliding down the hill, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Here we go, here we go, here we go." Mm-hmm. And you're like at work, and you're like, "What's that? It's Friday coming tomorrow." How long do you think people had to have weekends before they were like, "Oh, I gotta go back to work"? You know, like you know how like they probably fought super hard to get the weekend, and then probably after a few months, they were just like, "Only two days? What?" You know, I doubt that's true. <laughs> I think that's probably a horrible thing to say. <laughs> No, I think five days, I think they were like, we got it. We got it. Five days is right. Because it gives you Monday where you're like, ugh, Monday. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday where you're like, ugh, it's only Tuesday. And then mm-hmm. Wednesday where you're hump like, day. hump day. And then yeah. Thursday you're like, what's that smell? It's Friday around the corner. And then Friday you're like, here we go. Any big Christmas plans? That's all the things that you need to say to your coworkers at the <laughs> office. The, this act figured that out for you. Have I ruined our podcast? <laughs> you did a little bit. Uh, hey, can I uh, tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Please. Danielle says, got a Dutch oven for half price at TJ Maxx. <laughs> this this is everything. This is big mood for me. It's a big, big mood, Danielle. Uh, Danielle adds, this little Dutch boy can handle anything you throw at him. Stovetop, boiling, frying, baking. Don't worry about it. He's a true wonderkind. He can do it all. Love him so much. We need a Dutch oven, we though. We do. I always see those things, especially like when they make them in a bright color, and mm-hmm. I think that looks nice. Looks very, very good. Uh, Levi says, my wonderful thing is winter candles with scents like candy cane, gingerbread, and hot cocoa. It triggers a memory of the holiday season and more recently of when I met my wife. <laughs> see, you got it in there. It was bad. That one caught me by surprise. I like didn't know that I was mm-hmm. in it until I was like halfway through my... But anyway, yeah, Rachel got a Christmas tree candle that is really doing it for me. Yes. I Man, you got to get on that, especially if you purchase an artificial tree like we do. Mm. It is good to get that real slash Don't also narc. artificial. Don't narc on our artificial tree. I mean, it's practical. You know, it's a cost savings and... Yeah. You know. 
and they didn't have to cut down a tree to yeah, do it. Yeah, so, so there's really, another tree right? out there alive, right? and our tree was made out of recycled uh-huh. soda water can bottles. soda can holders, yeah. and water bottles. So we're the heroes if you think about it. And guns. They melted them down to make our tree. <laughs> and I think that's pretty cool. I don't know. I guess that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And uh, hey, thanks to MaximumFun.org. What's that? Tippy tap, 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 click, click, click. That's a good looking website. Yeah, it's even more good looking now than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to neg their old website. <laughs> But it looks good. They both look good. This one looks very, very good. Uh, new website. Same stuff that you love, love to talk about, share with your friends. Very mm-hmm. social. Mm-hmm. Very viral. Uh, thank you, MaximumFun.org. Yeah. And uh, we got other stuff at McElroy.Family. Bunch of, bunch of merch fanny packs back in stock. I know people want that fanny pack. Yeah. It's a good holiday you know, present. Yeah, right? The holidays are coming up and you got, let's say you got a coworker. Who you- likes pogs but doesn't have anywhere to keep them. <laughs> Or like some McElroy product, and that's what you guys talk about instead of Mondays on Monday. Yeah, you know, and you could you could get them something. You still this. talk about Monday, like you talk about both things, but you got to say, ugh, Mondays. You got to say something. Like, it's in the act. Can I ask you, since you work with your family yeah. and you all work remotely on Mondays, are you guys like, ugh? Do you like just fulfill that requirement as if we, a? If we don't, we get yelled at by the boss. <laughs> All right, we're going to set aside seven minutes on this Skype call to just talk about Mondays. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. to talk about Toby's sweater and how he pretty much wears it every Monday. Yeah, there isn't even a Toby. But Travis dresses up like Dilbert because he loves Dilbert and thinks it's so funny and looks got out of spice. <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.